Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Health Conversations, I speak with Chris Desjardins. Chris is a physiotherapist who attended our recent seminar in Toronto and had a really interesting story when it came to her discovery of the movement world and her integration of Pilates into her practice. I really enjoyed talking to her and I hope you enjoy the conversation and find it informative. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by TFC Footwear. It's a project we've started working on uh, and we'll be officially launching it at the start of 2020 with the crowdfunding campaign for the FC1, our first production shoe. The goal is simple, make a better shoe. Raise the bar in the footwear industry. You know, make a shoe that protects your foot instead of damaging it. One that delivers value by giving a better product for a cheaper price compared to what's currently on the market. And we plan to keep everyone involved every step of the way. Stay tuned for updates on that as we keep progressing for the rest of 2019 building up to that launch. This episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear to and from our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality hard cases that keep your electronics safe during travel. And you can check out their cases at nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com. That's it for sponsors, so let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet or the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hello, folks. How's it going? Nick here for another episode of Health Conversations. My guest today is Chris Desjardins. So we're in Toronto right now. We just wrapped up our Toronto seminar. Um, Chris had emailed me beforehand with a bit of an interesting story about uh, her career as a physiotherapist and where it's led her now. So I figured it would be fun to have a conversation and just chat about the profession of physio as a whole, where it's led her to go. And, um, you know, we talked a bit at the seminar, just the incorporation of movement into the profession, because I really think Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of lagging behind where it should be. So maybe just start by introducing yourself um, and maybe, you know, what your path was through the world of physiotherapy at the start, and then we can kind of get into uh, to certain topics. Okay. Um, so I've been practicing for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, uh, like you said, I graduated when it was a bachelor's program. Mm-hmm. And uh, when so you went into physio right after high school, I did. And it was yeah. four years. It was four years. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm, cool. mm-hmm. And went right into working in a hospital, which was really, that was our path at mm-hmm. that time. Um, there were some people going out into private practice, but um, it, it wasn't the path. It was the path less taken at that time. Gotcha. Okay, we didn't really have any idea that we needed to uh, maybe be business people at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work in a hospital. And um, Was there pretty good demand, like pretty much? If you graduate oh, from physio school, you got a job? I didn't ever interview for a job. Wow. Okay. No. Wow. I just uh, basically the hospital that I had worked at as a student just said, please come back when mm. you're done. Okay. And so I did that. And um, started to take some continuing education. And uh, what I found was we were on a rotation. Mm-hmm. So I might take a course, a neuro course, and get to the end of my neuro rotation. And never really have an opportunity to use the information that I had just um, worked on. And, and it was a little frustrating for me. So I decided to leave and go into a private practice. It was an orthopedic practice. And mm-hmm. we were doing um, a lot of MVA and um, workers' compensation okay. cases. Um, uh, that stuff. So I've been kind of lucky. <laughs> I've never had to actually work with that. But I have friends that do... And the amount of time that they tell me they spend on paperwork instead of seeing patients is like, is that really the best use of a physio's time is writing up reports instead of just like working with people? Yeah, Um, it was it was crazy. The amount Mm -hmm. of time that I spent on reports and reports that I didn't really feel were reflecting the situation either. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really believe in it. And honestly, I think I only lasted about six months there. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good so, for you for stepping away. A lot of people just grind. There that were out. other circumstances, but I decided no, I'm yep. not staying. And uh, and so then I actually went and I did home care, and mm. I really liked it because I got to work one one to one with people. Yeah, and that's a rarity in the world of orthopedics, unfortunately. Right. Which should be that should be this like we, me yourself and a couple and another physio uh, talked about this. Like that should be the gold standard. 
Yeah. And the reason, the whole reason I was under the impression our college existed and we pay them so much money every year is to regulate the quality control of physiotherapy services delivery. Right. And anything but one-on-one care seems like it's really just finding a way to make more money without mm-hmm. delivering value. Mm-hmm. And even, mm-hmm. you know, you liked it because it was so different, right? You're working mm-hmm. with someone one-on-one. One-to-one. But why isn't it all like that? Like it's right. so, it really is... Um, it seems like the profession's lost its way and it's become more, it's been given, put in the hands of people that are interested in maximizing profit. Right. And the shame is that if you don't have regulation, there's no one stepping in to say, no, we are here, we are representing the profession of physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. We are making sure that no one can take advantage of it by seeing four patients an hour. Because mm-hmm. um, unless you make three clones of yourself, you cannot deliver the same quality of care you do mm-hmm. one-on-one by mm-hmm. seeing four people at once. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you started doing home care. Yeah. You enjoyed it because you were one-on-one. I enjoyed it. and um, But, you know, I did kind of feel like it was something I was just, it was an interim thing. Yeah. And I wanted to explore with a more active population mm-hmm. because generally, right, it's not a real active population. And, yep. um, and I loved biomechanics. So um, I've I've had a few different hats in my career, and so I I at the time That's this how you find was out what you uh, want to do, though. yeah. So this would have been like mid nineties, and I I did a pedorthics certification. Nice. Yeah. So and I really liked it. I really liked the um, gait assessment, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was making a difference with mechanics. And then I started to realize, okay, maybe orthotics aren't really the best (laughs) thing. And so, again, I start to transition. Um, I got introduced to uh, Pilates, Mm -hmm. and it was just personal when I got involved. And and the more I learned about it, because I I loved it. I had always been an active person. what were not, you active not a up not with? a real competitive athlete per se, but okay. but I did you know I played volleyball and basketball in high school, and I always liked to run and you know uh, just was you're a mover. I, I'm a mover. Yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah. Then after it was really after I had three children, and I needed to do something and I really Mm -hmm. fell in love with Pilates and Mm -hmm. um, so I started to learn more about it within a couple of years of starting it I did my certification and what gravity what made you gravitate towards Pilates instead of something like yoga or training or running like did you know someone that was doing Pilates I did so I I knew people who were doing it and enjoying it and so and and to be honest, I, I'm I'm uh, not a real flexible person. So mm-hmm. yoga was a bit challenging for me yep. at the time. I, I well, <laughs> it, it's different now, but um, at that time, it was definitely challenging. And mm-hmm. I wanted more. Pilates always had this um, image as being more for strength, whereas yoga was more for stretching. And mm-hmm. I definitely wanted the strengthening. Gotcha. And I was running, um, and. <laughs> Actually, within a couple of years uh, of having my third, I, I did a marathon. Okay. And um, yeah, it was uh, so that Pilates, being involved in Pilates helped me do that. And mm-hmm. I just really started to uh, explore the movement world after that. Yeah, It's funny how you... <laughs> The way that you mentioned it is like, I had to withdraw from physiotherapy to start exploring the world of movement. <laughs> and it is such a weird thing to say. Yeah. And it's so true. Like the world of physiotherapy should be the world of movement. They should be one and the same. Mm-hmm. And the fact that those yeah. two things are mutually exclusive, I think is the underlying problem with the way we're doing rehab and physio right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, with a focus on you know passive modalities, getting caught up treating the pain, not looking at people's movement dysfunctions that are actually causing the pain right. or causing these localized issues, and so it's just so silly that you had to step away from physio and and discover mm-hmm. Pilates to really get a foot in the door with movement because physio wasn't providing it. Right, and I can vouch for the fact that physio school still does not teach movement, at least mm-hmm. not in the. I would say it doesn't teach movement at all because in no capacity we didn't learn about a hinge. You know, I went to Western. Hmm. Um, I graduated in 2013, so it wasn't that long ago. Hmm. Or maybe it was 2015. I think I graduated in 2015. It wasn't that long ago. I'd never heard of a hinge. We never mm-hmm. talked about the squat. We never talked about the movement screen. This was not part of the school curriculum. We learned wow. about tons of anatomy, tons of isolated treatment approach approaches. We still learned 
two months of memorizing parameters on for passive modalities. Yeah. Real waste of time, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and, and we just didn't learn movement. We didn't learn the underlying reasons why people were breaking down. Mm-hmm. It was almost like we were led to believe people break down automatically. Yeah. This is how we helped to try and fix them. Mm-hmm. And we were taught nothing about how to educate patients about why the problem's even there and the fact that humans aren't designed to break down. Right. If we're breaking down, it's because we're doing something wrong with our bodies. Yeah. So let's backtrack and teach people about what they're doing wrong to cause the mm-hmm. problems instead mm-hmm. of waiting for shit to break down mm-hmm. and then trying to like chase the tail. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. it seems like we're on this carousel. And so I went the route of discovering like people like Kelly Sturette work on mobility, uh, reading the book Deskbound, where I had to literally start learning how to help people right. after I graduated. Yeah. yeah. And the one I always tell people the one good thing physio school did was created a totally messed up body so that I started you had with something a blank to work slate. on. <laughs> yeah. I was like it was like, okay, here you go. You might not have graduated yeah. with much information, but you got a body that's super stiff in a bunch of weird places and you got yeah. a bunch of abnormal or um, asymmetries and yeah. imbalances. Yeah. Have at it. And yeah. with not much guidance, you know. You have to almost self-discover by working you on yourself to yeah. see what works with patients. Yeah. And that's how... That's exactly yeah. been my path is just, um, you know, I started actually seeing um, injuries as, oh, okay, well, <laughs> this is an opportunity on to... Yourself? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I actually had a really severe injury to my right foot. I jumped from a falling ladder nice. and landed, you know, inside of my foot on a rock and outside in the mulch. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Um, yeah, tore everything. I mean, my uh, yeah, my uh, CT or MRI was uh, a page and a half long. Nice. Every <laughs> everything just lit up, right? Yeah, and um, good thing I didn't let that intimidate me. Yeah. So I was just determined that I was going to get back to what I love to do, mm-hmm. and which includes running and, and a lot of different activities, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to do what I want. I want to ski. I want to water ski. Mm-hmm. You want to have movement freedom. Yeah. I always tell people, like, exactly. if anything, the reason, a good reason to work on your body and yeah. to invest time in yeah. healthy movement is yeah. movement freedom for the rest right. of your life. Not being right. limited and not saying, oh, I, f- I don't know if I should do that because I might hurt something or I'm scared or yeah. last time I did that, I blew this out. It's like, you should have movement freedom to play with your grandkids, mm-hmm. to water ski at the mm-hmm. cottage. If someone says, oh, you want to go water skiing? You don't have to be like, ooh, I don't know if my legs you will know, my hips I gave that, that up 10 years ago. It's yeah, like, or so I crazy. see a lot of, uh, particularly women, um, you know, the family goes on a ski trip and uh, she sits in the chalet. It's like, are you kidding? I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit in the chalet and yeah. wait. Will you Shouldn't all go and have fun, yeah. right? And um, so, and it, what's really interesting, though, I think Pilates even gets like it, it gets. Um, I don't. I feel like the public per, um, perception. perception of it mm-hmm. is not exactly as it was originally intended. Hundred percent. I can give personal feedback on this because I always thought of Pilates as this like <laughs> hoity-toity version of yoga. Um, yeah. You know, very wealthy women working out on these expensive machines. Yeah. I didn't. It was my fault because I didn't actually look into what it actually is, what it works on, the context of of what it strengthens. And it wasn't until my girlfriend started going to some Pilates places and was like, dude, Pilates is awesome. Yeah. And she's a very, um, like she trains, she lifts heavy. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. she's very much deep in the movement and training world. She's becoming a massage therapist, but she's in that realm. And Mm -hmm. when she got hooked, I was like, okay, this isn't a girl that likes like weird things and can see through mm-hmm. um you know things fads, that, fads it's and all not that kind of a stuff. fad exercise yeah. yeah and when she like told me about it and told me the stuff that she was doing i was like wow this is very interesting yeah. this is speaking the language of movement it and expressing is. it in a slightly different way yeah. but is covering is a very balanced way mm-hmm. of looking at movement mm-hmm. and uh like i need i'm gonna do some pilates classes because i want to actually see and feel and 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 take away elements of that that i think are very useful in the world mm-hmm. of movement as as we're applying it Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, there's different interpretations. Even There's there's quite a lot of different interpretations mm-hmm. in the um, Pilates world. And there is a, a, a now a certification, so uh, Pilates Method Alliance, where you write an exam and we're mm-hmm. trying to get people on the same page. That's good. Standardize so that's a, it a bit. that's a standardization and yep. it's, it's a good thing. Um, but I think uh, for me and what I've learned so much in the Pilates world, again, is movement. And I always say Pilates is actually movement principles. Hmm. It's not, and a nice 
medium of exercises, right? Mm-hmm. Like so that you can practice movement and challenge movement in different positions. So uh, you're working against gravity in a variety of different positions. Just get people to experience gravity. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you shift from this idea too of, okay, experience your body. Don't just, anybody can create maximal force in a muscle, mm-hmm. but can you actually move properly? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, (laughs) so I, I, you know, as I went along and things evolved, I've done actually three different Pilates certifications. And Mm -hmm. and because I did this last one, because I mentioned to you, it was Polestar Pilates and Mm -hmm. the founder is uh, actually a Ph.D. um, physiotherapist, Brent Anderson. And, um, I mean, his knowledge of movement and is amazing. And it's like nothing I've ever heard in the physiotherapy world. Hmm. And so... Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot of movement in the physiotherapy world well, right now. And, you know, as I mentioned to you, I just recently decided I would give up my license. And part of it was I had... I've done lots of continuing ed. I do hours and hours of continuing ed every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but really very little of it in the... Well, not in the in the physiotherapy world, and mm-hmm. I was I was looking ahead. I thought I'm just not interested yeah. in doing a manual therapy course, and yeah. um, and so it was. I people ask, well, why'd you give it up? Well, I, I said, well, it wasn't my truth. It wasn't yeah. what I was doing. Exactly, and you're still uh, practicing and helping people according yeah. to your truth. You're just not putting the physio label on it because yeah. that label is been has been diluted and is still being diluted very heavily. Yeah. And I think it sucks. And I think it has the opportunity, you know, the, the, the big problems in physio present the biggest opportunities to evolve and to really mm-hmm. change how things are done. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the world of pedorthics, you know, yeah. the way they're doing it right now is not the best way of doing it. It just isn't. And, you know, we're still figuring out what the best way to help people with their feet and, and, and the rest of their body is. Mm-hmm. But I think people have to be open minded to knowing that the way that we've done things for years might not be the best way that right now and Mm -hmm. if you know that there's a better way or at least there's a potential to be a better way of of helping people and you choose not to take that path or at least look into it and inquire and be curious then you're not doing justice to what it means to be a health professional where it's try and figure out the best way to help people Mm -hmm. and i yeah that's very interesting how you know someone coming from the world of physiotherapy and this this person that is polestar pilates has essentially looked at Pilates as a lens to express movement rehab and helping people rediscover their bodies. Mm-hmm. And now if you're, okay, for, so for someone that's never heard of Pilates, has mm-hmm. only heard of the word, mm-hmm. what would be your Cole's Notes two-minute spiel of what Pilates is? Now, it won't be all-encompassing, okay. but okay. do your best to explain it because some people won't know what Pilates is. Okay. You know, thinking of myself six months ago, I would have been like, yeah, what is Pilates? Yeah. I, don't, I know that it involves this crazy-looking contraption called a reformer. <laughs> And I know a lot of people do it, but what actually is it? Okay. So uh, Pilates was a person. He was Joseph Pilates. Mm -hmm. He developed the method in the early 1900s. Developed it working with himself. He was his own guinea pig, right? Um, Which is, I think we've been talking a little about, like we talked about today in the seminar, uh, about, you know, it's important that if we're going to teach this, that we can do it. And that you believe in it. And you believe in it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so definitely that's where he came from. And so he developed this series of exercises. What was his background, out of curiosity? So his background his uh, was in boxing, oh, okay. uh, gymnastics. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, I was expecting like some weird thing, like his, he was a carpenter or something. <laughs> no, no, boxing, gymnastics. His mother was a naturopath. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's so where, he was in that world. Yeah, he was he was in the movement world for sure, um, and then he became a prisoner of war in uh, the First World War, mm-hmm. and used his method that he had developed with fellow prisoners of war, wow. and uh, helped them to rehab. And um, so his method started with without a machine, obviously. Yeah, like but he actually developed the machines using hospital beds. So that's wow. the basis ah, okay, of the trap table, and yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, and uh, he was just looking at, you know, how do we challenge the body against different forces or how do we Mm -hmm. assist movement? So a lot of times people look at Pilates equipment and it's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. And um, but the thing is, I always say it's not just resistive, it's assistive. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And actually problems, people, and, and I have to admit, I struggled for a long time because I wanted to muscle through some things mm-hmm. and, and not really allow the machine to assist me mm-hmm. when I needed it. Hmm. Um, and, and it prevented me from being able to do more advanced level exercise for a period mm-hmm. of time, right? And then finally I got it that I needed to actually back down and, mm-hmm. and start to use some better patterns of movement. So that's how we developed it, right? Interesting. That it's actually, he, the, the, the intention was to develop efficiency in movement. And he, he was all about having vitality and being able to basically participate in your activity of choice if if this was your foundation. So this was your found, wow. your movement foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't the only thing you did. And I think mm-hmm. that's a kind of a mistake people make. It's like, oh, well, I do Pilates, but it's just Pilates. It's like, okay, well, let's – how – you know, for me, I use it for running. Mm-hmm. I, I used it to get up on water skis for the first time in 20 years. I, you know, um, so it's your base. It's it's to build yeah. a base foundation of it. I think looking at movement as a language, yeah, and talking about fluency as being able to know, uh, you know, knowing the letters of the language, but also being fluent and being able to put sentences together. Right. right? Absolutely. And I, and I think movement fluency is something that is not something in and of itself, but it is something that creates a base template that you apply whatever, mm-hmm. let's call it an app. Okay, You apply the app of running on top of a base right. software of, of movement. movement fluency. And mm-hmm. I think, so, yeah. yeah, see, I didn't know that either. People that are in the Pilates world, I thought were just like they did Pilates. But as you're saying right. it, it's really to well, it's, integrate it the is, body. It is how it's become to some degree. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can do that. And but, I'm sure you can get advanced practitioners that are doing crazy stuff that's very impressive Mm -hmm. but i think probably from the sounds of it it can be super applicable to the average person to just assist in the rest of the activities that they want to do right or open the door to other things i've met people in the pilates world who use it as this foundation and are doing you know incredible things with running and surfing and Mm -hmm. you know they're they're definitely movers and um, so, but it's interesting that you, you talk about movement as fluency because um, I have a clientele that's aging. I don't have a real... Um, we're all aging. I'm aging. We're all aging, but yeah, You're let's, an older let's say they're, you know, a little, little older. Mm-hmm. I would say 40 to 70. Mm-hmm. And um, my goal is to help them to age as best they can, right? Mm-hmm. And to continue to be able to participate in whatever activity they want to participate, as I said. Yep. Um, so we talk a lot about uh, movement vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is we start to drop movements in mm-hmm. our movement vocabulary. And we all know what happens when we start to, you know, our, our word vocabulary, everybody works their mind or knows to some degree, like we work our mind with crossword puzzles so we can ma- maintain that word vocabulary. But the same sort of uh, shrinking of your brain happens when you start to limit your movement vocabulary, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't think, well, I, I didn't even think that way until, you know, fairly recently. Yeah, 100%. And if, like, it's one of those things where if you compare them to words, most people don't know there's a dictionary full of words. Mm-hmm. They assume that you never have to practice. Yeah. That you never have to move. Right. It's just something that we take for granted. And I think it's very easy to take it for granted. Yeah. It's very easy to drop movements off without actually having a direct indicator in your life that mm-hmm. you have now lost the ability to do that movement. Right. right? You don't really have to squat anymore. You mm-hmm. can sit in a chair. You're fine. Sit in a chair to drive. Sit in a chair. Sitting on a couch. Mm-hmm. So there's no... You no longer have to move to survive. Right. Which is, I think, where you have to literally engineer movement struggle in your life to ta- re-tap into these movements and make sure you maintain them. Mm-hmm. And it's too easy not to. It's the same reason that like some of the most unhealthy people that have a poor diet, it used to be that if you were unhealthy, you couldn't eat, you were malnourished. Mm-hmm. So the most malnourished people are also some of the fattest people. Mm-hmm. It's like because mm-hmm. food is so easy to come by. We, right. It's easy not to really care about what you're eating. Yeah. It's easy not to really care about what movements you're expressing or how you're using your body. Until it becomes a problem, right. until the pain starts, until you start to have problems, mm-hmm. right? The acknowledgement of problems only when major problems develop mm-hmm. is a big problem because pain is a lagging indicator. Losing 
50% yeah. of your movement vocab- yeah. vocabulary without ever realizing it until yeah. you're like, oh, shit, now my back really hurts or I can't yeah. even bend over to get this. Where did that happen? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, engineering these places where people can, can express movement or be shown the full vocabulary and the full spectrum, mm-hmm. be like, okay, these are all movements you should be able to do. You've lost the ability to do this, but it can change. Your yes. body is adapted away from that because you haven't exposed yourself to it, mm-hmm. but it can adapt back towards it. Here are some things that we need to do to work on it. One thing is moving more during your day. Mm-hmm. It's not just about not sitting. It's about just variety, have, expressing a bigger vocabulary on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then your brain so you have the perfect software pre-installed. You just have to unleash just, it by yeah. getting rid of all these hardware sticking just, points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I think it's it, yeah. There's so many different avenues you can take to tap into someone's ability to move or to get back to movement. And the more I look into it, the more I'm open-minded to looking into all these different avenues. The more I'm realizing, like there are so many more avenues than I originally thought. And a lot of these isolated things that I used to consider isolated silos, like yoga, like Pilates, mm-hmm. uh, are actually way more similar than I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they they might tap into a different audience, mm-hmm. but they're being used with the same principles in mind. Mm-hmm. These base fundamental principles of movement mm-hmm. being expressed through a slightly different. It's like an accent. It's the same language. It's or it's the yeah. same words or expressions. It's just a different accent. Yeah, I, I kind of refer to it as a, just a different medium, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's all movement, and mm-hmm. and some a phrase that I've used often is like movement is movement, and. So the way you properly and efficiently lift your arm doesn't change whether you're doing Pilates or you're doing yoga. Mm-hmm. And so just experience that in whatever context you choose, mm-hmm. but at least experience it. Because, you know, um, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I live a very busy life. I'm not sedentary. I'm on the go all the time. I hear that a lot. But I said, well, yeah, but if you were to track your movement, I bet that you would be doing the same movements repetitively, mm-hmm. you know? And so you just you just have to expand that and, and you know, explaining that. Basically, you, you get into where there's dead zones of your body, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to wake things up again. And, yeah. Um, because your brain looks at those dead zones as danger zones. And if you right. ever get into them without wanting to, but you're forced into them, yeah. you need to have explored those so that your brain doesn't acknowledge that as a ring the alarm bell because something really bad's happening. Right. You know, it's just, you know, nothing bad's happening. Nothing's being damaged. It's just that is a foreign place for you to go because you've never gone there. And mm-hmm. now that you're forced to go there, something might break because it can't take that tolerance or something, alarm bells might go off when they shouldn't have to say, oh, something bad is happening. When in reality, it's just you've lost the ability to express that. Your brain doesn't acknowledge that movement as safe, mm-hmm. whether it is physically damaging or not. And I think, you know, tying this back to the world of physiotherapy, these other realms of movement, the world of fitness and personal training, the world of Pilates and yoga, are literally taking away the the kind of role that we should be playing as right. physical physical movement yeah. therapists. Yes. They should I really think we need to like just like rebrand physical therapy as movement therapy. Yeah. You know, it's something where the sport med docs in our clinic um, in Ottawa have started to talk about where they don't call it physiotherapy anymore. Oh, yeah. Because physiotherapy has almost lost its meaning, mm-hmm. right? It's being done in a way that, you know, most people, when they go to physiotherapy, they're not actually getting physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. They're getting passive modalities. They are getting, um, they're going to a McPhysio chain that just pumps people through. Mm-hmm. And so calling something physiotherapy has lost its meaning, but saying movement therapy yeah. literally has a very key element directly in it. Yeah. Movement. Yeah. And if you're not getting movement therapy, you know, people will know whether they get movement therapy or not. It's pretty easy. Were you moving? Yeah. No? Oh, perfect. That wasn't, that was, maybe that was physiotherapy in the way people consider it. That was not movement therapy. Yeah. And what you need for this problematic knee is movement therapy. Right. You need to be taught how to move so that your knee is not doing the job of your hip. Right. And so, yeah, we really, uh, it's slowly changing. It's slowly mm-hmm. coming in, you know, physiotherapy, I think uh, in general is a fairly new profession. Mm-hmm. So, but what I found frustrating or what I still find frustrating is that it seems to have lost its way. And the people that need to be talking about this, the schools that need to Mm -hmm. basically do a full 180 on their curriculum, realizing, okay, the stuff we've been teaching, the stuff we taught 20 years ago, no longer applies as the Mm -hmm. gold standard or the effective way of of treating people. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the professors in schools are not movers. 
mm-hmm. which is a problem. Yeah. Because if you have your, if you are looking into research studies all day, every day to find out what you know best practices, quote unquote, yeah. are, but you can't even do a squat. I don't know if you're the right person to to help train the next generation of people mm-hmm. that need to be helping people understand that squats are important and you should be able to squat as a human being. Right. You know, yeah. there's a disconnect. Yeah, I think I've, uh, as I mentioned, I've learned most on working on things myself yes. in my Me own too. body and then working with people mm-hmm. and just... Seeing patterns. See, yeah, seeing patterns yeah. and, um, you know, realizing, okay, um, I... I'm not being very effective in teaching this this way, so I'm mm. going to try it another way, mm. and and then going okay, yeah, that's more like what I wanted to see. And yep. so, like, like you said, it's it you know you can learn a lot, you know, our rote learning, and mm-hmm. um, but as especially with something like physiotherapy, where it is an art mm-hmm. to a large well to a significant degree. Mm-hmm. And I think we just got it. We have to be working with people and be willing to, um, always be trying to stretch and grow in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, and be curious. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm innately skeptic. I try not to yeah. dismiss things too quickly because I definitely have a bad habit of doing that. But until I prove it to myself, yeah. especially, and the beauty yeah. is if you're in the health and rehab world, you can always prove stuff to yourself because mm-hmm. you have a body. Yes. It abides by the same principles yeah. of the people you're working with. Test it on yourself. See if it works. Does it make logical sense according to the laws of physiology and just to the scientific rationale? Right. And then expose it to the rigors of science. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't mean look up a billion research articles. It means assess something, Mm -hmm. intervene, Mm -hmm. and reassess and see if the Mm -hmm. result matches your hypothesis. Try it on yourself. If it works, it seems to be working and it makes intuitive sense, Mm -hmm. try it with people you work with. Mm -hmm. And if you keep the one principle of do no harm, yeah. And you're being safe and you're not yeah. hurting people. Yeah. What do you have to lose by trying something new that's not going to hurt someone? Right. Worst comes to worst, it's not effective. Boo-hoo. You found out that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Check it off the list. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the unconventional stuff, you know, these drills like we did today, that foot tracing drill where you're mm-hmm. literally like these are very unconventional things, but they are sometimes the most impactful for people to rediscover movement by feeling it. Right. No words need to be said when you're doing that partner drill. Yet yeah. you can find out so much about someone else and they can discover a ton about their movement and where they're stiff or where they're unstable without ever having any words said. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so. I mean, kind of a, along that, uh, I often have my hands on someone as they're moving mm-hmm. like we did in the partner drills. Mm-hmm. So they were learning about, one of us was learning about moving and the other one was learning about what's happening in that body as yeah, they're moving definitely. and how are they stabilizing and you know so yeah it's it's a it's a constant process yep. right and and i think yeah we we need to we need to let people experience gravity this is another oh, problem with physio vitamin g i call it vitamin g i love that i'm using that from now on um vitamin g people need more vitamin g seriously. oh god that's genius oh that's well so good. It, you know i can't people are claim rights to that um I, I forget where i first heard it but i loved it when i heard it and i uh, use it all the time okay the person that made it up is probably not gonna be busted up yeah i use it all the time and and actually in my experience people have stopped being able to interact effectively with forces acting on them. So exercise in general is all about generating force. Mm -hmm. And and actually, the really cool thing is Pilates talked about this. And he talked about, you know, there being no necessity to do violent training stunts, he called them. <laughs> yeah. And Okay, well that, that's gymnastics. Come on. No, no, he, he was talking about going to the gym. He okay. he thought he really promoted natural movement, which was basically experiencing your body relative to gravity. Mm-hmm. That's one force acting on it. Ground reaction force. I'm always trying to get people to tune in. Like the ground pushes up on you. Are you pushing back? Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. standing on your hands and your shoulders are rising up, you're not pushing back. You're losing. Mm-hmm. The ground yeah. is winning. You're right. You're losing the battle. Yeah. And, yep. you know, getting people to understand that. And, and I've shifted my, my cueing and, um, to largely about base of support and how, what are the points of contact, maintain those points of contact and move. Mm-hmm. And we move... We might be on 
one knee and one hand. We might be on one knee and one foot and mm-hmm. just vary points of contact, mm-hmm. interaction with gravity. And it's like and problem solving. Like your brain figures it out. It's amazing. I've seen the yeah. best movement happen as people really start stop trying to force everything. I'm a big one for that. So mm-hmm. I did that for many, many years. Yep. And then, you know, realized, oh, that was actually getting me into trouble a lot. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who I... I see it, it was getting them into trouble generating all this force and so now I'm always trying to tell people if you're generating a force that's dis- disproportionate to the forces acting on you that's just stress and strain mm-hmm. and we all have enough stress and strain mm-hmm. why should we be generating more yeah and I think there's a I think there's a place for force generation like I like oh yeah deadlifts. no no but that that's a whole different thing yeah it's but you have so to balance it you have to balance it right if yeah. that's all you do and yeah. you don't do like... No, I'm still I, talking about like, you know, working hard to support yeah, your body. For sure. And it, well, it's just funny. It's like people that do repeated loaded squats yeah. oftentimes can't even navigate yeah. gravity. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like you can't even... You you are unable to... You can't even stand on one leg yeah. and navigate gravity on one yeah. leg. Mm-hmm. Let alone the fact that you're doing this hit boot camp workout and doing a billion <laughs> reps of squats and lunges yeah. with a load... Yeah. through reps when you can't even do one cleanly against gravity it's like we need to realign the priorities for let's be fluent in the in the language of movement mm-hmm. and make sure we understand basic movement fundamentals mm-hmm. then we can add load and you can condition yourself or yeah. achieve whatever goals you want right but so many people are cons- like we talked about in seminar a lot of people are consuming fitness and it's coming to the detriment of their health they are getting yes. injured trying to yes. consume fitness it's so yes. crazy yes and you know the fitness yeah. world is more than happy to, to watch you and count your reps to do some weird movement that yeah. you're paying them to do because that's that's what they want you to do. Yeah. But, you know, and then physios are all too happy to treat the pain. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one's actually figuring out what the heck is going on here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I've had a big, you know, just personally, I have three well, teenage young adult daughters mm-hmm. and um, seeing them try to figure out fitness in their life and yep. what's going to work for them. And it's all about the gym all the time and hmm. uh, I don't want to discourage them from being active and it yep. is a social thing as but well but the gym is not the only place so, for activity yeah <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to promote yeah. and and just get them to realize like you need to pay attention to how you're moving and how you're loading and mm-hmm. maybe boot camp isn't what you need right now <laughs> and exactly. uh, you know maybe you need to crawl a bit <laughs> yeah 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 Seriously. we don't we don't climb so. we don't crawl we don't squat we go well, into these like yeah. You create this artificial... Because gyms used to be a wide open area with stuff you could climb on, stuff you could hold off the ground. You know, yeah. it used to be this less... This, there used to be way more freedom permitted in the quote-unquote gym yes. environment. Right. And now you have these like... Well, you have seas of treadmills and ellipticals. And there's no area to express freedom of movement because right. every square foot has a machine on it that lets you do one single articulation right. or, or i don't think there's any floor space and you know i it's mean crazy. maybe in the yoga room but why are we just limiting it to that but mm-hmm. it was interesting because i was just in um in california and i went to muscle beach mm-hmm. muscle beach is all it's <laughs> like slack muscle lines and beams yeah. and yeah. Uh, trapeze, you know. For sure, on I, Santa Monica. It's beautiful. That's yeah. a be- They have a beautiful outdoor moving culture there. Right. They have that area where people are doing acro yoga. Like, it's just, it's a way bigger movement culture. Obviously, it's a little bit different than Canada where we well, have yeah. cold weather. We're a little limited. In- but why don't we create like a warehouse version of that yeah. indoors? Like, that's one of the big goals with TFC is, you know, I think a company that gives health education, gives value to people and provides a product that everyone uses, which is yeah. footwear, can has the potential to make a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. And instead of that revenue going in some investor's pocket, why don't you invest that to opening up movement warehouses, mm, basically, cool. where you give people unlimited access to, you know, you have a bouldering section, you have a section with beams, you have a section that has yeah. turf, you have a section with weights, you have a, an area with reformers, whatever it might be, use the revenue to create movement facilities that mm-hmm. reduce the barriers to entry because mm-hmm. gyms are intimidating for people. Yeah. Um, you know, yoga might be price intimidating for people where it's expensive. All yeah. these things are expensive. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Take down all the barriers, give people free access to a movement facility that's funded by the products that they buy mm-hmm. and just provide people an outlet because people just need, and you have to engineer an environment that allows people to explore movement. That's what our clinic is in Ottawa. Part of it is just called the dojo. It's a wide open area. There's maces, there's kettlebells, but everything's to the side of the room. It's a wide open area. 
Right. And you'd be shocked at the amount of people that go in there and don't know what to do. Right. Because they've lost the creative aspect of being yeah. able to express movement, experiment with different tools, balance on things, hang on things. Yeah. They're like, well, where's the machines? What do I do here? Yeah. It's like, well, that's the point. It's yeah. like, what do you want to do? What do you want to yeah. work on? Let's try this. Oh, you're not, you're, you're missing mobility here. Okay. Let's mobilize out a bit and then let's layer some movement on top of it. It's like the, the more openness there is, Mm-hmm. The more ability people can have to creatively express movement and, mm-hmm. and maybe play, you know, combine all these things and really get back, rescue movement to be something, working out should be fun. Right. And working exactly. out doesn't mean 15 movements that everyone does in the gym. Working out yeah. means just moving. Right. I, and I think, um, you know, I, when you talk about fitness programs and how healthy are they for you? Well, mm-hmm. if you hate what you're doing, that's not healthy. Yeah, it's and not if you're just dragging either. yourself through it, yeah. right? And so that's why I, I encourage my clients. I'm like, find something you love to do yeah. and, and do it. Because, I mean, we, we know now that actually, I, I heard a, an interesting uh, fact the other day was that um, new nerves, nerve cell growth happened in mice that were running. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all accept that, mm-hmm. okay? But it only happened in the mice who were running voluntarily, it didn't mm. happen in the mice that were forced to run. Ooh, that's very curious. Yeah. So I'm thinking, wow, if mm. we're if we are forced to we're dragging ourselves through our exercise program with no joy, then are we really benefiting from mm-hmm. it? You know? That's a very good point. That's very <laughs> interesting. I really think that novelty and exposure to different movements yeah. is a way to light up different movement centers of your brain. And I think now we're starting to see a very big problem in the world of not mental health in terms of anxiety and depression, although those are big problems as Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. but in the world of people getting older and having neurodegenerative diseases like dementia, Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. and, you know, reading the book, Why We Sleep really made me clue into the fact that, okay, I think the way our lack of sleep is contributing a lot to this, but I really think our atrophy of movement exploration is a big contributor to people's brains not working as well. Like I picture it where if you stop moving, your brain centers in charge of movement shrivel up like a raisin that's dried Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. You lose that. And I think losing the activity in that part of your brain just gives you less meat up there to be able to rely on as you get older. And I think think it really is a big problem. And, and, you know, old age homes, well, Mm -hmm. I think that's a shitty way of wording it, but like places where older people will go to live in communities. Yeah are the best places to rescue people. Like you have immense amounts of time to work on your, what better time to work on your body to make sure it, you know, holds you along and brings you to a happy life that you'd like to live for the, you know, the last 10, 20 years. What better time to work on that than then? Right. But unfortunately, you know, it it always uh, amazes me when they, they're doing chair uh, yoga or something. I mean, That's like you, an know what? you need to stand on your feet. Yeah, you need you vitamin just D. need to stand on your feet. I don't yeah. think, yeah. So anyway, but that's a whole, but I think just really integrating movement and realizing the importance of yeah. proper movement and, and for every professional, whether it be, whether you're teaching Pilates or you're teaching yoga. I mean, there's lots of Pilates and yoga instructors who don't know movement as they should. Mm -hmm. They know anatomy, they know some anatomy, they know alignment, like, Mm -hmm. right? But but they don't really know movement. And and so I think the more we can just get people understanding Mm -hmm. movement, and it's, it's really, it's not that difficult no it's not it's an abstract really concept not that difficult no I agree. um you know but we just we need to realize that we can teach it yeah. and that it, it's it's really going to benefit people yeah. and really as physiotherapists and doctors you're need to know perfect like, it's not people to be you know teaching movement and mm-hmm. let's clear out some of these treatment beds and modalities yeah. and make room for movement i agree that's yeah. it needs to be done or it's going to get left behind or you know other professions in the movement world will literally take over what our job is supposed to be because we are not keeping up with the evolution of how to get people better. And I think you said something interesting. You said that you felt better, uh you feel better now mm-hmm. than you did when you were 20. Mm-hmm. And that's after having several children, 
Mm-hmm. Not that that should make you feel worse, but it is a stressor on your body. Oh, it was a, you know, because I, and even being a physiotherapist, yeah. I was really biomechanically unaware. I did some terrible things hmm. to my body in trying to juggle three kids. Yeah, yeah I can And, uh, you know, um, and then some just really silly things like um, going through all that and then trying to run a marathon with all these asymmetries that I had developed <laughs> yeah. with, you know, carrying my kids only on my right hip mm-hmm. and then thinking I could run a marathon cardiovascularly I could but the asymmetries in my body yeah. I paid for it afterwards I was and just ask you, did you I pay did for pay for it hmm. yeah I, I couldn't run for three months so that was the uh, biggest break from running that I had taken mm-hmm. since I was in my early 20s and that wears on you, like mentally. If yeah. you run every most days or like every week at least, yeah. and then you're, you are literally forced, you have no choice but to not do that because your body will not yeah. let you, no. that sucks. Yeah. No, mentally, it, it, it was. It was very mentally. difficult. And that's when I really started to shift in my thinking to, I need to learn more about movement and how hmm. my body really works. So it was by necessity almost. It was by necessity. It wow. was like, I, no, I want to keep, I want to keep, stay very active not mm-hmm. i always say i don't want to get to the bathroom and back mm-hmm. when i'm 90 yeah that's a shitty goal right that's a low bar uh, yeah, yeah yeah um and so i wanted to do what i could to be as active as possible and you know i'm, I'm coming up on my uh, 50th birthday mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's just been kind of an experiment for me to feel as good as i can feel and just be amazed mm-hmm. by that and well, you look you know, very good for 50 and good you. for you for not accepting the fact that getting older or hitting 50 or whatever age yeah. it is is a like a sentence that you're starting to break down it's like it does not have to be that way no. and uh, you know one thing i've started to tell people now is every morning you wake up you have a different body you have the your body yeah. will change right and you have the opportunity and and the decision to either go change it in the good direction Mm-hmm. Or change it in a not so good direction, mm-hmm. and movement is big part of changing in the good direction. Exposing your body, like joints, are healthy through movement. Yeah. Um, your brain stays active; the movement centers of your brain stay active and able to to continue to perform through movement. Right. So we need to, and and you know, in twenty nineteen, having a living a movement centric life mm-hmm. is hard because is. society is engineered. around lack of movement society Mm -hmm. makes it very hard to move Mm -hmm. and so we see this shifting and some of the newer uh, companies that have obviously they're spoiled with resources being able to spend money but they're integrating movement and if you only look at it from the standpoint of productivity and Mm -hmm. focus you will literally have better happier more focused more productive employees if you let them move same thing in schools with kids yeah that same thing gets carried over because that's a big problem too and i think Mm -hmm. you know people like kelly stratt and stand up kids and his organization and people are getting more and more movement into the workplace more and more movement into schools it's like anything it's slower than it should be i think um in the age of today where i can talk to someone on the other side of the world anytime you know, technology has improved the speed of communication. Why is it taking so long for us to catch up in the world of movement? And but it's happening. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, and good for you for being open minded to just okay, this path's not working. I'm I'm getting resistance from this path. This is the path of physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to explore other movement paths, and I'm going to pro- you will tie things together in the end. And maybe you're not known as a physiotherapist, but if you're known as someone that is fluent in movement and can help others, does the does the physiotherapy title really matter yeah does it really matter yeah that's that's what i ultimately decided is that um it it really didn't matter to my clients exactly results matter yeah and guess what most people aren't getting results right they're getting bills right they're getting expensive ass bills for doing non-movement related physio what's being called physiotherapy yeah. For several, many, many months, mm-hmm. several visits a week. Yeah. These are huge amounts of money being spent. Yeah. Some people are insensitive to that price because it's covered as part of their benefits. But it doesn't change the fact that right. we cannot be taking people's money and not giving them value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you're not paid to be someone's friend. You're mm-hmm. paid to tell them what they need to know. And sometimes that is a, you need to, you need to not be their friend. You need to tell them like you sitting all day is costing your health. Do you mm-hmm. want to be able to move in 20 years? Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm going to help you. I'm on your team. 
mm-hmm. but you have to be open-minded to making changes in your life because you keep going along this path sure maybe you can still move you're still okay now but what happens when things start breaking down mm-hmm. that you can't buy a new one of yeah that you can't just replace like yeah. this is um but i i think if you and I, if you tie in pl- uh playful a playful nature you tie mm-hmm. in fun yeah. enjoyment you yeah. tie in community yeah along with movement you don't need to prod people along no. they want to do it Absolutely. humans inherently want to move just we've lost the meaning of what movement is because right. movement is not going in a gym on a treadmill with headphones on not talking to anyone it's yeah, not movement totally absent-mindedly yeah it's um so i'm i'm starting so with you know deciding that i would give up my registration as a physiotherapist mm-hmm. i thought okay this is it start to make some changes mm-hmm. the way and, clean slate yeah clean slate right. outside the box yep. and so next friday i'm holding my first play day cool yeah I love so it. yeah we're just gonna if i was around i'd come yeah so <laughs> i have my beam <laughs> so we'll be using that Very nice. for sure and um so what's the context like is it a group of adults it's is it's it- my clients cool. and so where they would normally come for their one hour pilates class mm-hmm. I mean, I called it Pilates play, mm-hmm. but um, it's, you know, it's outside the realm. Yeah. It's not your, just your Pilates exercises. We're yep. going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to move. Awesome. We're going to move with partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be doing this on a regular basis. And I think just expanding my idea, too, of, of fitness and health and um so another thing is just expanding this idea of community and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to start I'm starting a book club as well we're going to read just health related books awesome. and you Good know so you. just I think it's our job as um you know once we we have this knowledge and just figuring out okay how are we going to help people yeah. the most how do you disseminate it how do you reach the most people yeah and without making it so it's prohibitively expensive. Yeah. So the group no, environment, no. I think, is very powerful. Yeah. It, it and, really, and uh, I, I need to, that's uh, an element I'm working on because um, I did find that, you know, I was emphasizing some private treatment. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of, uh, well, that's great. And I, I do enjoy working one-to-one with people. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. I learn a lot from it. Um, but I want people to have the confidence to be doing things on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to be truly effective yeah, they need to be independent, if they don't eventually. need me. Yep, I right? agree. So you're in the Toronto area? No, yeah. Windsor. Oh, Windsor. Yeah. Okay, good. So if you're in Windsor and you want to find someone that can help you reclaim your movement, if you want to take part in these play sessions, uh, how do people find well, you? Well, okay. So I've been very low tech up until now. So yeah, low tech uh, is good. Probably yeah, means low, mentally low, healthy. <laughs> low tech. And uh, yeah, I'm really off the radar. Um, but, you know, keep just keep my name uh, in mind. Maybe if people want to find me, Google it cool. here and there. Yeah, and hopefully in the off. next couple of months, I'm going to be uh, at least getting... Um, I've had a website in the past and then mm-hmm. let it go. And, yeah, and so I'm it. just redoing it. it. Yep. And uh, so hopefully I'll have that going. And cool. like I said, start to do some new and exciting things. Awesome. Well, good yeah. for you for being open-minded. Thank you for taking the time to chat. I think that was, I think people will find benefit in just hearing these conversations. And yeah. like I said before, my goal as time passes is to get better at having conversations with people and having good conversations that have meaningful content of like, Talking about issues, mm-hmm. um, talking about problems, yes, but not dwelling on the problems, trying to find where the opportunity lies because of that problem. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for coming to the seminar. And thanks very much. I hope you great. enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed that conversation, guys, and we'll catch you next week.